kind of this this obsession with perfection, which is funny because it shows up again and again and again in human civilization. The camera, you know, but if you do this economy right right now and you pick up some views, you get like steals left and right. Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Fitz, and this this is Sean, and welcome to a podcast about creativity, AI, and a lot of different technologies and things, which we're going to talk about today. But welcome, Fitz. How are you, dude? I'm doing good. Like, um, yeah, let's jump right into it because we we got some news that we found kind of interesting because in AI, there's obviously a big issue of like, actually, how do you get a copyright on something that you didn't really do, you know? So I kind of want to talk about it. And one of the things that is like kind of um, sparking my interest is this year, because we talked about it on the podcast. Somebody um, mentioned in the art competition that he used the tool. Nobody really knew what the tool was. So he kind of won the art competition. And all he really did was like writing a couple prompts. And yeah, now he's trying to get a copyright on it. And obviously it's not working out for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting, right? That they're, they're, they're in this article, it kind of talks about how, you know, if he kind of argues that, well, I focused on bits and pieces and I did make additions and edits to this. So therefore it is mine. But yeah, they said, um, that, you know, no, it's derived from other things clearly. And so that's, that's really interesting, right? That like, um, you know, what is the percentage of how much can you change the homework and still call it yours? And yeah, really weird. Yeah. On that note, though, what, what do you feel like? Is this fair that you don't get the copyright on it? Because, like, theoretically speaking, you still did the work, you know, and you still maybe be able to replicate the style with your prompts, you know, and you could develop your own style where it's like, OK, if I write everything a certain way, I will get a certain style, you know, and not everybody is capable of replicating it because they don't really know the prompts. So what's your take on that, Sean? Well, I definitely, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, talking about like, you know, uh, uh, those those few episodes ago, where we were talking about AI competitions and stuff. And like, what does that even mean? And can is there an art to it? You know, so I think we've talked about the art of prompts. Right. And and how how you can be really great at doing prompts versus actually not doing so great at prompts. And um, but, you know, I, so it's there is an art to it. There is an effort to it. Um, but I think what is copyright, right? So I think we have to think of like what that is or like what, what is like owning something? And I guess it's, it's an, it's, you can really never copyright an idea. You can only copyright like a physical object. And so if you're taking ideas, like, right, like you're, you're saying in the style of, so you're essentially saying I'm taking the ideas of, then maybe you shouldn't have copyright because it's, you're just using ideas. Then the ideas are ephemeral. You can't copyright like Van Gogh's style. You can't copyright uh, a concept. So I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of agree with it too, uh, but it's, it is, it's, it's messy though. I think there's a, yeah. there's a level too where you could probably create something original with AI and that should be able to be, you know, copyrighted. Yeah. In, in this article, there was also like um, uh, mentioned, you know, like we all use now ChatGPT free and we also use like Grammarly and we use, you know, there's all sorts of aspects, you know, where AI is taking over and improving mm -hmm. what we say, write, text, whatever, you know. And with that being said, like, okay, at what percentage is what you said is not actually your words because it got corrected in a way, you know, let's say Grammarly. And correct it like a ton of words is that even then your email is this even like your message right. and i feel like this is a very interesting concept because like in a way we want perfect uh, you know messages and responses to look professional mm -hmm. but then it's also is really our response yeah exactly i think there is that um it, what's scary is you know we've talked about this before where people just don't trust really either like i'm losing trust in stuff and and, you know, it's funny because things will start to sound like AI to me. So, for example, like in, in copywriting and stuff, when it when it's always using descriptive words like this robust option is an incredible and amazing and it's saying like things like that. When people oversay that now, I'm like thinking, I don't know, maybe that was AI because I've seen that in, in AI when I've had it write stuff where it's too markety, it's too much, it's too spectacular with with confetti. Yeah. And, and I, I've lost trust now, which which sucks, because like if you some people probably do truly remarkable things and now they're going to people are going to think it wasn't them. And I think that's the scariest thing. 
Yeah, that, that's like a big issue. But on that note, I think like you are in like a newsletter of one of our guests and a couple of things have happened there. Or can you go a little bit into that? Because like um, well, we talked well, yeah. about Hive 3 or... Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, hype three now. Um, hype three is now um, coming up with like you know, coming out with its with newsletters and emails. It started its competitions, like he talked about. So now they're kind of you know they're putting out these kind of new new prompts that they want you that want you to meet. So I guess so one of the um, one of the first like prompts they put out first competitions. I guess this was the winner. So I guess it was it was a fruit cakes design challenge. And so this was the winner of that challenge that they created with AI. And you know what I think is interesting here is. There's some styles happening here, right? Like we have kind of this product kind of photography style happening. You have all these things, but um, but yeah, so it's funny. They're doing that. They're kind of showing some of the follow, the kind of other people that were, you know, worthy to talk about. Um, yeah. I so, think yeah. like we also should mention like what this actually is because we we have to reiterate what Hive 3 is. And yeah, what oh yeah, thing good point. Is. Yeah, so Hive 3, so so we had, um, you know, we had Andy Sack on a, a few episodes ago, four or five episodes ago, where he, he talked about this AI competition. So Hive 3 is this AI competition where anyone can really join. Um, you can join a waitlist to kind of be part of it. They've now launched a Discord, which I haven't gotten into yet, which I think is open to the public. So for people out there, we haven't even quite done this yet. Um, going to Hive 3... Um, Go, you can join their Discord for free, and they're they're giving away prizes, which is what's interesting. So, so you know they give up um, cash prizes um, for for kind of doing AI art, and it's it's just interesting because they're really trying to wrap their head around how do we p have people push AI to the limits, and so it's interesting when you look at some of these. I mean, because um, first off, you know they're pretty perfect. You know, there's I think things are yeah. edited, and and he had kind of talked about that that he like a lot of the people are graphic designers and illustrators, so so. It's it's interesting where you, when you look at these, they they look fairly believable that they're AI, but they look fairly believable that they could not be AI too. I, I would say. Um, yeah, they're they're like that is like the weird thing now. You know, when you go up to the top one, this looks like really good. You know, this looks like real berries. This looks like a cake. This looks like frosting on top, and everything looks like like a staged photo shoot. You know, and we are at that level where it's like this could be professional photography or this could be professional. AI, you know, mm -hmm. it could be just also be a professional Photoshop project. It's so good that you're just like, holy moly, you can't yeah. tell, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think one of our, um, you know, in one of our future episodes, we'll, we'll need to go through this, but we've actually had people that have sent us um, AI artists that they like. So if, you, if, you're li if you're watching now, you know, feel free to leave a comment. If there's any AI artists that you want to shout out that you do like, what's interesting is we've gotten responses, people out there do have their favorite AI artists and things like that. So I think in a future episode, we should go look at them because it's funny that there, it's like this new territory. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like, yeah, who's calling themselves an AI artist and, and who is the best AI artist, I guess. I mean, this is like going also back to like the whole social media thing. We all are a photographer now, you know, I call myself Tampa Bay photographer or St. Pete photographer, you know, and there's like 20, 50 accounts out there with the same name. And some of them are big, some of them are tiny, you know, and it's like, who is actually an AI, you know, artist? Who is actually a good prompter? And everybody is and everybody is not in a way. And it is really hard to make yourself a name for it, you know? So I think like the high free thing is actually a good way to make yourself a name if you actually win a competition, you know? So you oh. can kind of get like certifications in a way when you win competition, you know, you're a little bit more like um, a real person if you're out there in the community making yourself a name versus like you just call yourself an entrepreneur, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so so it's interesting. I think I think we're going to be dealing with this for years. I mean, I think we're probably talking over the next five years, you're going to see a lot of this. Because we're already seeing it get to this scary level where, I don't know if you've, you've probably seen a lot of this too, but even scrolling through Instagram now, even people that are like, you know, just taking model photos and stuff, they're running them through AI now. So even people that are taking the real photo are running it through AI. And you can tell because it's just so smooth and perfect. <laughs> almost looks like an illustration or something. Yeah. You know? And that seems I to be come more and more common now already yeah with that being said like the whole industry is changing and if you're right now a model um you actually have to get onto this train because like it's not anymore good enough to be just looking pretty because there's agencies out there who have ai models you know and that's like basically a two page of a prompt where they change a couple things and then they have a model actually doing x y and z and 
if you're a model and you're not actually onto AI and you're basically creating your own character, like your own AI model, you kind of will be replaced because all they really do is like copy and paste um, a prompt and changing a couple things. And now the model is doing X, Y, and Z. And this model looks way more stunning and maybe even more realistic, pretty-ish, you know, in a way than like some of the other girls. And it's, it's scary out there. There's already agencies out there who just have like five, seven um, AI models out there and they're making sponsored posts with product placement and they look believable. What is like scary by itself. And oh, you would yeah. not know if you don't know how far AI already came. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very scary, um, you know, and yeah, for, for models out there, you know, I, I have an interesting thing because, you know, what's happening, well, 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 the Writers Guild now is essentially off strike in, in California, um, but but I think the Actors Guild is still striking, and I still, one of the biggest pain points that came out that a lot of people talked about was that um, they wanted to, like, scan, you know, they wanted to scan you as an actor, pay you for that scan, and then never pay you again and use you in other films going forward as, like, so they were going to do that for, like, back um whatever back people would be um your secondary actors or whatever um you know they they were going to do that so which is kind of crazy to think that they would pay you for your one day of work and then just use you forever um without you getting any pay from that so when i think about models like i kind of worry about that too right that like you know uh, hopefully that you know if i was a successful model which i am secretly then I, you know (laughs) only feeds you know (laughs) yeah you'll have to dig for that but uh but um you know, what I would do right now is I would try to get a scan of my own body. I would try to get that almost like it's an NFT in a way. Like maybe yeah. your body is like the last NFT if you really think of it. <laughs> I mean, in a way it is, but it's also like kind of like the same thing with voices. We all hear like that was like that one Drake song that was actually not by Drake, you know, and actually yeah. really popped and it was really good. And they come out with like voices, you know, but the funny thing is like you don't really own your voice because there's like, 10 20 50 100 people out there with the same voice as you so who's to say now just because you have a bigger following on social media it's now your voice you know yeah it's like we all have like the same faces the same voices the same characteristics you know we're not anymore you know unique in a way what is very sad because if you see it on a spectrum of like 7 billion people or more you Mm -hmm. know there's another sean out there and he may be indian you know same voice same everything just mm-hmm. speaking a different language has a little bit different, you know, um, ways of talking, you know. So it's like, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter for like the, the viewer who wants to watch the newest Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. What is the background character? Because like you can just block in anybody in there and it's fine. You know, that mm-hmm. could be even randomly generated because like Unreal Engine mm-hmm. 5, they already have stuff like that where it's like photorealistic people that are randomly, you know generated and it's like oh this could be and it's believable well and 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 let's just talk about something else too that um i think both in dolly and i actually think in mid journey as well they've now put up a block that you that you won't be able to recreate famous people now so they're they're already trying to block the algorithm from from being able to do that because obviously it's already being manipulated obviously it's already being used for bad things even and so they're just seeing that it's it's that's a runaway train that they kind of had to stop, right? Because guess who has a lot of money? All these actors and people that could definitely band together and sue these companies, sue OpenAI, right? Like, let's say that you're you're an actor and, and photos are faked of you doing terrible things or something, and then they're put out online. And then now you have, now that's hurt your brand. You could definitely say that you maybe have a lawsuit now. Like, no. OpenAI, you have now hurt my career by having by taking data by scraping data off the internet of me and my likeness and you did not get my permission so i think it's very interesting um that even yeah like open ai is interesting because like all they really have is like just a base model of a um, open source code you know that you can download yourself and you can do with that whatever you want you know and there's no limitations and restrictions you know and if you really do the effort of like getting that source code and you know you train it yourself, you can do anything with it. You know, most people mm-hmm. don't go through it. I went a little bit into it and tried to experiment, but yeah. it's it's kind of scary because like if you do like just a little bit effort, you don't have those uh, you know limitations that OpenAI have. You know, and you can do Snoop Dogg saying whatever. You know, you can yeah. have an image of X, Y, and Z, and you train it yourself. If you do it privately, there's yeah. no repercussions. You know. 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, stable diffusion is something that's kind of known around the AI world as a very open source type of way to plug things in, right? And so as long as you know Python, you can really connect these tools and build your own hodgepodge thing together already. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so very interesting, right? Like it's, it's the whole genies out, out of the bottle and we can't put them back in now. Like it's, 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 it's just here now. And so it's interesting to see, yeah, how are we dealing with this? One thing I did want to bring up and share, um, is the, um, that I, 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 you know, the, this last week there was kind of the windows, um, big conference or big event. And they, they definitely talked about, COVID, um, which is this AI that, if anyone does any coding and like VS coding, they'll they'll already know about um, Copilot, which has mostly been known for just coding, but now they're really rolling it out to be kind of it's going to essentially not um, plug into the Bing engine, the Microsoft AI engine, but it's going to be essentially the next Siri. They're they're really trying to make this something that's going to plug into all of your conversations. It's going to be already reading your emails, so you're going to be like. It's already going to be able to grab information for you without you going into things, um, and so it was really interesting. Um, I'm obviously not going to do it justice for anyone. Definitely go watch, um, you know, their kind of reveal of this. Um, they're going to roll it out slowly over time, but it's interesting because essentially what they're trying to do with Copilot and the reason it's called Copilot is that this is going to be something. You know, I don't know if anyone remembers, but you had the little bouncing um, little paperclip back in the day on Office. That's what this kind of reminds me of. Is the paperclip is now going to be Copilot? It's going to be yeah. this thing that you know it's plugging in the paint, it's plugging into photos and things like that, but it's going to be doing a lot of different things like. For example, I think one of the use cases is they, they talked about, hey, can you tell me my habits that I've done in the last week? And it kind of shows like their usage habit. And then they, they're like, okay, well, can you then set a usage limit on that app for this next week? And then it's done. And it's all these kind of interesting things. It kind of opens up your operating system. Because I've always talked about that. The weird thing about AI right now is it's prompts. It's, it's this weird, you have to put in text. And so the interface is going to be what's going to change now, I think. It's going to be like, you're going to see the interface get easier and easier. And it's going to become this thing like Jarvis, where I'm just like, hey, Jarvis, do this and this and this. And it's like, okay, cool, looking that up. And I'm like, cool, transfer that over to MidJourney. Okay, doing you know, it's going to be kind of this interesting kind of flow we're going to see, I think, in the next few years. And Apple hasn't even really come out with their AI publicly yet, but I know that they're working on the same exact thing of like, how do we now put AI into Siri? How do we put AI into the operating system? I mean, with that being said, like, I see a big problem. Like, you know, when you are like driving with Google Maps, you know, and you just rely too much on maps, you have no idea. You don't even remember how to get from A to B. And you become really bad with wayfinding without the app. I feel like we will get to a point where it's like people will be not able to really think and ask questions correctly because like, oh, there's not like five recommendations I could ask, you know, and they will not know how to ask questions in a way because like there are recommendations in the future where it's like, oh, yeah, there are good questions that you should ask, you know, and you just click without thinking. I'm like, this sounds interesting. You just click, you know. And you basically become like a brain dead um, person who's just like running through like um, a wheel of options, you know, and you just like fall down a path that's predetermined by AI without you actively thinking like, do I really want to know this? You know, do I really want to ask this? What should I actually ask? You know, and you don't really, you know, go down your own path. It's like kind of like pre predetermined by option giving in a way. Yeah, I think it's you know crut uh, using it as a crutch versus a tool i think it gets back to to just not overusing it not going straight to it so even i was talking to a coding buddy yesterday about copilot about the that's you know the, which essentially the way that copilot's worked in code has been like you know if i write something it's giving me a suggestion i press tab it puts it in so i could put like a comment that says like i want a red box that rotates on this web page and then it'll be like okay this and then i could cycle through it and then press tab and it'll put in that code all of these lines of code for me um, which is pretty incredible but then you know there's a lot of talk of like you know so obviously don't just do that at the beginning um you need to learn it you need to know it you need to problem solve it but there's also the argument of like don't waste people's time now though so now it's like if we're like we're working together and we can't figure out a problem there's really no excuse to keep suffering for hours and hours over that problem now it's like no after 30 minutes we need to stop put in the ai and even see and, and i think there is something to that of like you know we shouldn't be ashamed to, to save time but we definitely should be ashamed if we're not putting in any work and we're not growing still we're just giving it yeah. all to ai i just see now like a lot of problems if like let's say you want to um the general public's opinion 
you can't really influence that now with an algorithm. Let's say, okay, I want to have X, Y, and Z outcome. I basically just predetermine like the questions that all people will ask and that will influence their thought pattern, you know? Like, was this action of X, Y, and Z okay? And I just dropped it as a recommendation in the questions, you know, as an AI model. And now I'm basically shaping the whole population's thought pattern just by recommendations, you know? This is a very powerful tool, but can be really easy, easily abused if you just give like recommendations because that indirectly influences like thought patterns. You know, we yeah. maybe can make decisions on like, is this actually a good outcome with the options given by AI? But we could also have a completely different direction, you know, but AI is shaping that direction already now then. Because like there's, you don't even get the option of like thinking for yourself because it's immediately like, let's go this way. Because this is easy option from AI, you know, and you stop thinking and you basically become just like that hamster without any option. And you're just like, okay, let's go down there because it's easy, easy path, you know, no resistance. Well, and there is, there is certain AI apps and I haven't played with them that do, they like automatically caters your schedule, automatically caters things for you and just, yeah, exactly tells you like, what's your day going to look like? And that I'm not a fan of because there's so much data that it's not getting. It doesn't get how bad you slept last night. And maybe it will eventually make, maybe all these things are going to feed into it, right? Your, your heart rate on your watch is going to feed into the scheduling thing and be like, oh, it looks like you didn't get that much sleep fits. Like we're only going to give you half of the things today to do or... I don't know. Like, I it may get to that level, but I agree. I, I I don't I don't like the idea of us handing it over, giving the wheel completely to AI. Because yeah, we're just going to become vegetables, then we're not going to really be useful. Um, and also, it's not going to give us a sense of accomplishment. I think that's the thing that you know. I mean, it kind of does because if you get the perfect day by AI, you know, you feel like oh, I, I had a good day today. You know, I followed the schedule. I did everything that Java or whatever told me to do, and. Yeah. That is kind of a cool concept too, because if you know Star Trek and the Borg or whatever, they all became one thing. And if you follow this train of thought, it's like, oh, AI is determining my schedule. AI is determining what is a good design. AI is telling me whatever. And we all mold into that one personality over time, over a decade, you know, we will become one (laughs) thing that thinks, oh, this this is a cool style. Everybody agrees, you know? Yeah, I mean that sounds terrible to me. I like I would hate. Yeah, that so it's like, um, yeah, it's it's the kind of this this obsession with perfection, which is funny because it shows up again and again and again in human civilization that we have this weird obsession with like I want to get to perfect, and with AI, I think it's that same obsession of like yes, AI will help me get to perfect, and and yeah, perfect isn't perfect. It's just it's not it's not something that's worthy of talking about. Usually, the things that are worthy of talking about are the things that are crazy and break the rules and break logic even. Um, you know, I, it's it's a weird time because I see this weird undervaluedness already um, creeping in in the corners. I see that people already don't value a lot of the thinking behind stuff because they're like, well, I could just put it in AI and and I, I it, that's what worries me. That's ultimately what worries me is that people don't, there's no, which is good that there's no gatekeeping anymore on information. You know, to, to learn stuff back back a hundred years ago, you'd have to do a lot of work and go through gatekeepers to understand stuff. Like they they just wouldn't tell you stuff. If you want to be a video guy when videography first started, there was a lot of gatekeeping, including money wise. Like you couldn't just do it. You couldn't just learn it. It wasn't like you could maybe go to the library, but there probably wasn't even a lot of books on stuff. So it's like. Now it's like we're living this time where people, they just undervalue stuff. And I think that's that's the scariest thing. You know, that's that's how I could tell a good professional from a bad professional is that they, someone that values that you as a person and, and your thoughts versus someone that's like, yeah, yeah, you're just a machine, right? And yeah. like, I'm just, I could just use AI. So. Gosh, this is like a, a pattern where I'm like, okay, is the future, you know, going down into that uniform style because we all get an influence, you know? especially with free information where you can learn to become a perfect videographer, for example. And we all know the standard norms and whatever, you know, and you're like, oh, this is a good videographer because he watched all the data and, you know, and learned all the things. Mm -hmm. And now you're like a good videographer. But back in the day, a good videographer was like somebody who taught, uh, taught himself and learned like different styles. And he was unique, you know, and nobody out there knew how he would do X, Y, and Z. And that made him good. And if everybody's doing it right now the same style, we will have like the people who are not following the traditional path and learning all the standard basic rules, maybe breaking the rules will be like a really good videographer, you know? And that maybe is like 
oh, everybody likes that one style and somebody's completely going against it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think what's interesting too um, is we'll just have to see how good people follow AI. AI can give you the map, but maybe you're not good at following it. I think that's the interesting thing too. I, I think like I've put stuff in AI before where I'm like, well, how well, how would I do this? And it's like, I mean, it's like this list of all these things. I'm like, dang, I don't know if I actually can do that. So I think that's a fun thing, funny thing too, right? Is like AI can't do it for you still though. I mean, it can in terms of visuals and stuff. Um, I think that's what's scary is it's, that's just AI just taking the mouse over and doing it for you. Um, but you know, at least like when you're getting chat GPT advice and stuff, you know, you have to still do it. You could ask chat GPT, which I have, you know, I actually enjoy asking chat GPT just interesting stuff that has nothing to do to, with creativity. Like, you know, like for example, diet exercise, you know, like telling it, I have, I've had like a herniated disc here. Like what, what are some exercises I should do? And, you know, and, but you still have to do it right and give you the map. But if you don't do the stuff, then it's not going to happen. So uh, there's still going to always have to be this doing part, at least for now. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's what's scary for creatives is that they're seeing that like, no, I mean, I it could be a guy that's not even that creative, and he could just have have AI take over the mouse, and and how would yeah, we know? Yeah, you you said something interesting there, where I'm like, okay, this is like a basic skill we all need to learn and practice, because like you know, when you have a problem and you want to solve it with AI, and you can break it down, you know, and AI will break it down for you, and then sometimes when you said, for example, I don't know if I can do that, you know, or I don't know. If I know all the things that I need to do to break it down, you know, let's say there's like a special coding, whatever, and you can't do that, but you can do five other things. You can break even the problems that you don't know, break them down with AI. So you basically can break everything down and then again, break it down to a level you can do it. But then you have the problem like being a little bit bigger, but you can master all the little parts of the problem that you can solve the main problem and mm -hmm. that also removes like all the limitations of like chat gpt3 you know like when when they have like for example like i cannot give you tax advice you know and then you just break it down and it will give you the answers and if you don't know parts of that you break it down again it will give you those answers too but mm -hmm. it's your job to make sure that you have everything in there you know because you could oversee one thing but you can ask deeper questions and it always will answer what is like really um one way of like undoing limitations you know it's like also yeah. like if you want to like learn how to make certain chemicals you can break everything down and then it's available on the internet but it's a little bit complicated to understand you know well and there's something scary happening there that you that you may not even realize is happening when you're doing that right so what you're asking ai to do is consult consult for me and it's like i'm not going to consult for you but i'll teach you and that's yeah. That, and that, that's actually a very scary thing if you think about it. That's like you going to a lawyer and being like, I need you to represent me in a case. He's like, can't do that, bud. But here's a book on law and I'll show you a couple things in it. And maybe that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how AI really is. And I think it could be scary. That's why they say, you know, don't use it for the law. Don't use it for the health stuff, um, you know, fully. Like, obviously, you, you can learn things. But yeah. It would be, it would be, it's really uh, not good for you to assume that you can learn it all or enough or understand it I all. I mean, like you from... could if you go down the route, you know, but how deep you go down? You go yeah. one question down, two questions down. You're going to spend hours questions? doing AI? Yeah. Are you yeah. Gonna there for five, six hours learning it with AI? Probably not. I mean, so that's, that's well, where if I'm. If you would do, I personally think like because we kind of differ on that uh, opinion. But if you would go down for five hours on the topic, you would be an expert, you know, because you only learn what is relevant for your case, you know, if you ask everything specifically down for it, you know, well, yeah, but everything well, I mean, else you don't know. I'm going to use I'm going to use I don't know where I got this probably from some old uh, Kung Fu movie or something, but I think it's maybe a Taoist statement, actually a Confucius statement, but. You know, it's like one thing to to know something, but it's a whole other thing to understand something. And I think that's the thing with AIs. Even after the five hours, you wouldn't quite understand it. I think you would only maybe know it, but you wouldn't understand it. You, you know, I could I could do a whole AI thing on how to be a, a swordsman, be a ninja, for five or six hours, but I'm still not a swordsman. You still put a sword in my hands. I still don't understand it. I just know it. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing about AI. It's this kind of shallow thinking. It's just like Google. It's just like. You know, you only did the first few results in Google. You didn't go to page 10. You just like, okay, that link, yeah, that link, But that there's, link. A, there's the difference <laughs> that I kind of feel like is because like there were levels to it. You know, back in the day, you go into a forum 
and you learn about a topic in a forum. So that gave you like maybe level one knowledge and it was obviously mm -hmm. not as good as like, hey, you actively mastered that thing. Then we got into that YouTube era where it's like, oh, you can actually watch how the song is played. You can watch how, how other people do it. They teach you and that gives you maybe level four knowledge, you know? And now we have this new level where it's like AI breaks everything down for you, but puts mm -hmm. you in a higher level. It's still obviously not mastery, but if you would go down the effectiveness with AI and learning, you're way better off than like actually like trying to learn it by yourself with just the forum or Google or websites because it combines the important knowledge, you know? So you don't even get like the filler stuff that you would get for like, oh, now let's read 50 blog posts, you know, and call yourself an expert. No, it's like, no, you're reading the most important things in a condensed time, you know? So how much you have to spend time-wise to master something, it's way more condensed. That's what I'm like trying to say is, so you could get really, really good, really, really fast if you learn it effectively versus like spending the same time on a forum versus or on YouTube, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree and I disagree with that. I think I think what it does well is it helps organize you at the beginning of the road, I think. Like, you know, so if like today you were going to learn a whole new skill, if you started with AI and had to break down that blueprint for you, that map, you're going to save a ton of time. And then because like so so if you learn something and it breaks it down into kind of subsets, then each yeah. of those subsets, then go find your own YouTube video, find your own forum for is what I would suggest. Um, you know, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, though. I think that like it's helping us get better quickly. But yet again, you, we just have to be careful that it, you, you cannot just like lean 100 yeah. percent on it because and assume that you're getting it all. I think there's just so many people that think that AI is giving you everything. And then it's like, no, that's that's not it. Usually there's you have to keep yeah. searching. You have to keep doing other stuff. Yeah, I, there's obviously levels to it. I'm, I'm just like very, you know, like um, I like the ability that it breaks it down in steps to you, you know, like mm -hmm. there's like maybe seven lessons that are important and then you learn lesson number one and there's like 20 lessons that you need to learn, you know, and if you go yeah. down that path and you actually master all those lessons and you can break them down again and master all those lessons, you know, then you reach like the level of mastery that is only in that one aspect, you know, and that is very powerful. But obviously you're right. Mm -hmm. The more you break it down, the more there is to it, you know, and you only learn that with like actually spending the time and doing it. But right now, there's masters out there who didn't really break those skills down. You know, you can talk to a doctor and he maybe be a shitty doctor because he did not even, you know, give, gives you ill advice and you're actually going to die, <laughs> which is sad, but happens, you know, because yeah, they're all yeah. just humans, you know, so it's like, oh, now you can actually l reach a new level of mastery with the Internet and AI. And I'm like kind of curious what we will get for like masters in the future who are like people who are dedicated mm -hmm. in one niche and they will learn everything and anything related to it where people nowadays or back in the day did not even have the tools or the access to all that information, you know, mm -hmm. and now it's like structured out there. You just have to go down that path and spend those hours, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I mean, nobody really, you know, um, nobody can really say what the future looks like on all of this. I really I, I can't say what where it's even going to go. Um, yeah, it's 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 here to stay. I think everybody knows that. I think that it's going to keep growing. It's going to be part of our lives. I think I use it. I mean, it's helping me learn how to code. I've been learning how to do PHP and JavaScript um, stuff that I haven't done. I've done JavaScript before, but um, kind of newer JavaScript, and it's it's helping like quickly, like very quickly. Um, I'm seeing though, like you know, there's always a fork on the road though of like you know, like I said earlier, where like I could just press tab and move on, but that doesn't teach me anything. It's just like if you keep spelling the same word wrong and you just let autocorrect always correct it, then someday autocorrect's not there. And you're, then someone's going to be like, what? Is that how you spell atmosphere? Are you kidding me? Um, so, you know, so I think it's like that. Like if we lean too much, yeah, we, we lose our muscles. We lose our ability. So I, I know that that'll be the one thing I'm going to push on for now. And maybe I'll change yeah. later, but I'm always going to be like, give me the blueprint, but let me do the learning, you know? let me watch the videos let me because i you know it's it's i think it's all of it it's just another tool to add to everything else but i would yeah don't forget the forums because what i like about forums and blogs by the way is the people there's still community there you can still ask questions especially in the developer community there's so many open source you know the fact that i could put a website up in github and like put like hey can you like 
I can actually have problems listed for people to go solve in my code and update my code. That's the yeah. amazing part, you know. I think as long as we don't lose sight of that, that like they're they're still humans. Ask the humans too. There's there's humans that still know what they're talking about. Yeah, and it's all about community. And the good thing with us, for example, is like this is a yin and yang where I'm like, oh yeah, you could rely really heavily on it, but that would be bad. And if you don't rely on it at all, it's also bad, you know? So it's like yeah. having that middle route and using your brain is like, you need to exercise it, like you said, um, but you need to use the tools like to the fullest capabilities, but also use your brain to the fullest capabilities in a way. So it's yeah. all about the balance, I think. Because yeah, it's just true. It's just historically, if you don't, if you don't grow with technology, it, it, it takes you over. I mean, um, you know, when, when the gun was invented, there was whole societies that fell because they didn't have a gun. And so, you know, it's when you think about it, that's what AI is. It's the new gun where it's dangerous, it's scary, but if you don't learn how to use it and you don't learn, it's, it could overtake you. It could just wipe you out if you're not, if you're not aware of it. Um, so I think everyone should at least play with it. You know, I don't mean to be scary when I say stuff like that. I think you could still be, be good without AI, obviously, but you know, you should know about it because it's going to be here. It's going to be part of everyone's flow, I think, in the next few years. Yeah. With that being said, Sean, what else is kicking by you so that we get away from the AI talk? Because we know <laughs> there's a lot of AI going it, it on. Nobody go, yeah. wants to hear it. Right, But right. it's important. It is important. Well, yeah. So, you know, for me right now, it's been interesting. You know, I've been starting some new projects again. You know, it's been a very low time in terms of just amount of projects, but it's been great. It's kind of helped me develop a little bit and be able to travel and work on the paintings and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so for me, I'm in this kind of place now where it's like, where like you try to be honest with people when you don't know stuff. So there's one project in particular where I don't quite know every part of it. So I've been very good about being transparent about that. Um, but it's also like trying not to scare them away with that, right? Well, I can do enough of the projects and don't, don't run away just yet. Like I can do most of this. Um, and so, yeah, it's been like quickly learning code, which has been really fun because honestly, it's been a couple of years since I've been like, had that like anxiety of like, do I actually know how to do this? I better learn how to do this really quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, so, you know, I like, so even getting better at Git and GitHub, I just mentioned that earlier. I've never really, I've kind of shied away from doing that. Um, the more developer side of stuff. So I've gotten really good at that in the last few weeks, you know, um, getting into PHP the last few weeks, like I said, JavaScript, just like learning these codes a little bit better. Um, and just, you know, because I feel like I'm in that world, right? And being a web designer, if you don't know the code, uh, you don't know what's possible with the code, then you don't really design for stuff um, effectively. And also you don't plan for things. So it's, um, so yeah, so just trying to get a little bit better stuff, trying to finish this painting. I, I told you, I think last episode oh, yeah. about my, my um, epiphany on like, you know, thickening my paints and stuff. So, you know, getting, getting that started and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that. Gonna, I, I'm renting a camera here to take picture, uh, pictures of the paintings up here, a mirrorless camera. I'm just going to rent it for, it's like 120 bucks for a week, um, in the lens and everything. Oh, so I know you're, yeah. you're like, I could rent it for cheaper than that. But no, I'm just like, it's like at that point, it's like, yeah, buying versus, you know, that's like the thing. It makes sense, but it also, yeah, it hurts, you know, because if you multiply that times five, you got a new camera, my dude. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I just, yeah. Well, you know, you look at the prices, you pay it, you pay it, and, you know, the 1500 yeah. two, two grand or whatever, and you find good deals even. So, but yeah, yeah it's just I'm like, all no. about the deal life. I'm like, <laughs> I just flipped like a camera, you know, that I bought for a thousand, but I got $2,000 worth of gear, and I'm like, tripod, $200 came with it two lenses for mm -hmm. each like 300 ish plus a thousand dollar body camera just because the guy got blind and i'm like oh boy i feel sad for him but i'm also like this is nice <laughs> you know i'll take it <laughs> Jeez. um yeah and your phone obviously hasn't come in yet so we'll we'll, we'll need yeah, a big update once your once your phone comes in we'll need to know how that's working with your whole flow yeah like for me that that's like one of the things you know like if you want to flip stuff you need to be like kind of like an expert in a niche and that's kind of like you know you cannot make money with flipping if you don't know what's yeah. what's the real value, you know? And there's also like then if you're not an expert, like should you spend a hundred dollars to rent a camera and then just run it yourself, you know? Or should you just pay somebody $150? That's what I would recommend if you're like, mm -hmm. go out there, pay a photographer who's like a beginner, he will get you some good photos. Like when they're passionate about it, they are undervalued. Like you spend on like a guy who's, uh, you mm -hmm. know, you could make some good, you, you know, like, hey, Tell somebody who's a beginner, who's very ambitious about it and like has the passion, you get so much more bang for the buck, you know, 
Even yeah, me, and I, like, I, yeah, and I did try. I guess I I don't know any young photographers, so so just for everyone out there, like I I, I did try. I had three different photographers quoted out. Um, the lowest quote I got was seventy dollars per painting. That was the painting. lowest that per painting. So it was going to cost me five hundred fifty six hundred dollars, and I just which isn't that much really for what it is. But I like just don't have the money, just the budget. It was just like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big guy that I love paying people. I've gotten you in on projects to get other people on projects. Like I have no problem paying other people, but I'm just in that point in my career where it's been a slow three months. I'm just kind of like really a, a money tough place, which I think a lot of people are, which by the way, yeah. I wanted to bring this up yesterday. There's a big TikTok trend where I, I, I saw where they're talking about a silent depression. Have you heard that term yet? Silent depression. I that we're in a silent know. depression right now. That, Sean, you want to tell us something? <laughs> yeah. So for anyone out there, um, I've been quietly depressed. No, I'm just joking. Um, it's it's so essentially. Um, so there's been these TikTok videos where there a lot of them are kind of showing, you know, because a lot of people are like no times are better now than they were in the depression. Like, and and they are in a lot of different ways. The depression era, you know, our our quality of life has gone way up. However, when you look at the numbers, right, how much did a car cost back then versus now, and and, and a house versus now, and you adjust it with inflation. And you just look at the percentages of how much of your wealth goes to each of these things. It's insane compared to where it used to be. Where like yeah. you know you could you could pay for a car in about six paychecks. Where now like that's like we're talking two years, three years for most people. You know there's there's three things now that most people have that they're in debt with, and that's a car, and that's a home, and that's a phone. Even in a lot of cases, and we have like thousands of dollars of phones that we're like paying off on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, so, so they're talking about how there's really no money, even if there's less unemployment than there ever was, that it's deceiving that like that money doesn't go. So I, I know a lot of people in my life that are struggling. I don't know if you do as well, but like, you know, that kind of could feel I mean, that it feels a little bit weird right now. I can, I, I feel both why. sides in a way, because like, I think like I have been the richest and poorest at the same time I have ever been, you know, like, um, uh, in some ways I'm very fortunate, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, I make now more money than I did and uh, than I did before, you know, like mm -hmm. with the freelance income wise and everything. But it's also like, just because like some people are doing really well now and you know, mm -hmm. and some people are doing really, really bad, but the average I feel like is worse in a way, mm -hmm. but it's not like that everything is bad. So it's really hard for me to tell now, is it me doing bad or is it like my, you know, there's like different circles. There's like the, the freelance circle. There's like the, the serving industry. There's like, you know, all those bubbles and each of that bubble has like a certain amount of population and size, you know, and depending on which bubble you are, this bubble does well or bad. You know, there's people having the time of their life right now, because like if you, for example, have like a mortgage that is really low and you basically don't have to pay a lot in rent, you know, and that's perfect you know and now everybody's making more even though it's like on average worse you can be having like the time of your life but it's really depending what are the options and conditions that you live in you know car mm -hmm. breaks down you have to buy a new car payment <clears throat> you know well yeah i mean i i the only I, I kind of agree with it only in the in the sense that the um, with kind of these tiktok videos talking about the sign of depression just because inflation is does feel out of control i will say that that like it seems like everything costs so much money now i mean even to go to the grocery store there, there's almost no way to make that a, a, an incredibly cheap thing unless you really are meal prepping you almost have to meal prep now to keep things under a hundred dollars for grocery stores and so it's it's interesting i just feel like everything is more expensive gas is more expensive everything's just just going up kind of fast it seems like faster than it used to i guess and i think that's where the fear comes from with a lot of people um that they get a raise but then the costs are just are overcoming that raise even i think that's the scary part um yeah for us in the freelance world you're right though it's its own bubble right um we kind of live in a dangerous bubble anyway even when the economy is good we're kind of already used to yeah. kind of crazy um but yeah with that yeah. being said though i feel like there there's like that tiktok trend you know with the silent depression we're in an active depression you know bad mm -hmm. news sells well you know and it's like re reaffirming like oh i'm doing bad so everybody must be doing bad and it's just like really depending on what circle you are in in a way you know and i'm not saying like hey you're doing bad because you, your mindset is bad you know that, yeah. that's not the thing that i'm trying to say it's just like it's really hard to say you know because like i learned from myself like i I made now more money, but also like make less money in a way because like now it's only me working versus like two people working, you know, and it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. tough to say, you know, but I'm also like, I'm 
where you're like, oh, it's really bad. And I'm like, oh, it's really good, <laughs> you know? But I'm just like, am I now just better or better than before? Or is it like, I don't know. Well, it's, it's really a, hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more like then it's a question of how much of your money are you keeping when the going's good, I guess. That's what's going to tell you. If it's if the going's good, but you still have no money, it's somehow all going back out the door. That tells me, yeah, the economy may not be good. You may be all your money's still going out. And I don't know. I It's it's hard to say. I'll, I'll, one thing I also want to point out, some a lot of these videos were for were young people, um, you yeah. know, definitely people that are younger than us. And, and, and they had a good point, some of them, where they said, a lot harder to break into careers now and i've heard that with like developers and stuff too where like to be an entry-level developer they want everything they want you to know all the code languages it's and it's it's like it's everything's more intense now and after the pandemic we had so many people decide they don't want to be servers they don't want to be grocery they want to be developers they want to be videographers they want to do these things they have friends like us that they know and then like oh well, i want to do it too and so there's like been, I feel like there's been this huge push into these kind of creative freelance um, places too. We have a lot of people trying to do these jobs now. Yeah, with like, let's say um, this generation in general, because through social media, we think like there could be like no misunderstood, but it is like really easy to like, I deserve a new car or I deserve this and this camera. I know a lot of videographers who have like one main camera and that's the best camera that they can afford. And they really cannot afford that $3,000, $5,000 camera, you know? But if you do this economy right right now and you pick up stuff used, you get like steals left and right, you know, like, do I deserve the newest camera? No, I just buy the best deal for the best budget. And cameras are really cheap right now, you know, and you could say the completely opposite. If you think you deserve the best camera right now, you spend $4,000, it's not really that good. But if you think like, oh, yeah, I can pick up a really good camera right now for 500 bucks, man, things are cheap right now. And it's really how you see how you spend your money and how the economy goes because you can see it both ways, you know? And right now everybody's like thinking they deserve and should buy the newest thing and they shouldn't buy used. You know, if you buy used, it's really good right now. You can get some really good deals because the economy is kind of doing bad, you know? And if you just make standard money, you can get a lot of nice stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. So that, that is like the thing, but it's really like, do you buy new? What are your buying habits, you know? Because like right now, everything is inflation. You're right, the new stuff is really expensive, but the old stuff is really cheap right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And you still can get access to all the stuff just for cheaper. What is like, if you if you can wrap your mind around that, and mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it is actually not really that bad, but it's like most people don't because they want the newest of the new. Well, you know? I think so. I think so. I think it's also, you know, because you, you're talking a lot about gear, but, you know, it's other stuff, too. It's rent, right? And and not all people sure. are lucky. Not all people were able to get a house for cheap when times were good. And a lot, a lot of people, you know, so it's like, and I feel for them. Like, when I was a kid coming out of high school, if I was to, like, do be doing that right now, it would be even harder than it was back then, I feel like, to, to survive. And I barely survived throughout college with all these jobs and and things to just barely get by in Denver. And I just don't know how I could even do that nowadays. When I look at like, what's the average rent in like Denver now? It's like, what the heck to like live in like a, 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 a tiny box? It's like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500. I paid $700 for a huge apartment when I moved up there. There, there was a case in California with a um, landlord. He lived in his like Sprinter when, you know, because one of his tenants moved into his house and the, the rent is $5,000. So he owed the, the landlord like, 30 grand, you know, this is a couple months worth of money, but 30 grand in rent. If you think about that number, that is so tremendous. What the, the, the tenant did, though, on the other hand, is like he did not pay a cent. And because there's like laws preventing like him getting kicked out, um, he's basically living there rent free, owing a 30K, you know, um, that whatever. But he's also Airbnb, $400 a night for that thing where he does not pay money and the landlord agreed in the beginning to um subleasing so <laughs> that tenant is making money while owing a shit ton of money and the, the the landlord is with a sprinter van living in a van in front of that house and is upset and he cannot do anything because it's california so uh, well, there, there's like those extremes where it's just like and I hate that. I hate hearing those stories because you just hear about people manipulating the system and just manipulating people. And uh, I hate yeah. that. I hate that. I mean, um, yeah. So I, I can see the inflation part, you know, of a 30 grand for a house. Is it right? Is it wrong? 
yes and no at the same time you know and it's just like yeah. things are getting more and more expensive but i kind of mm -hmm. try to see everything of like okay if i want for example in regards of like you know the technology is becoming readable available you know mm -hmm. can you now record for cheap 4k video absolutely you know can you buy now a 4k camera that's top of the line for three thousand dollars you can buy and spend that money, but you also could spend the same amount of money and, uh, and get like five cameras, seven cameras, you know? But yeah, it's like, do you get exactly the same thing as you would get 30 years ago, top of the line for that amount mm -hmm. of money? Yeah, inflation is there, but it's there's ways around it. So you have to be smart. And if you're not, it mm -hmm. will be extra difficult in a way, you know, and you have to be yeah. flexible. Well, and it's always, it's about doing the, the you know, every, especially in America, everybody loves the idea of I'll buy it now and I'll pay for it over the next few years. Or, But if you can flip that, like, you know, if you want a car, a cool car in a year, put money in an account today, every month, hundred bucks, 200 bucks, especially if, if times are good, if you're getting like, that's the one thing I see with a lot of creatives is they get like really excited when they get a big influx of money. Like, man, I just got my first $8,000 a month. I'm going to go buy a computer right now. I'm going to go buy a camera right now. And it's like, you should really put that away, like into, yeah. into an account or like, you know, and if you want something, yeah, save it up. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that I see right now is that, um, you know, that a lot of us tend to like to get into debt. We tend to like to do the payments thing. There's payment, there's payment plans for almost anything. You can, you can spend thousand dollars on Ticketmaster for Taylor Swift tickets and they'll put you on a payment plan to pay a hundred dollars every month for that. And I think that's the trap is like, Ooh, cause like if you've ever been in debt, which I've, I'm definitely in debt now, even of like, you know, it grows, it grows. It's hard to get out of. And it's this, it's this crazy wave that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think, yeah. So for any creatives out there that you don't, you don't have the MacBook pro or you don't have the camera or something, you know, definitely take, take Fitz's advice of like, yeah, keep your eye out on the cheap stuff. So for example, the new iPhones coming out. Now's when you need to be looking out iphone resellers because guess what everyone's swapping their iphones that's when you get a cheap iphone you know yeah. and so you know doing that type of stuff super super good but also put the money away and save ahead of time you don't the debt and the interest that does kill you over time so you know even if you get you want to go to school you want to go to art school you want to go to design school totally possible just plan it for next year until then hustle at it as a side gig and get that money saved up you know i i know people that paid for college before you know by doing the unsexy stuff by delaying two or three years saving up money then going and they're doing amazing now because they don't have student debt now they don't have all this yeah. debt that affects them decades I, I mean, that, that is like right now like if you're smart with money this is a very easy time to get rich like that's usually how it is you know like for other people i i hate saying it you know because some people do that when i was a server i had um a girl coming out of jail you know and she just got her life back together you know and she's just like i gotta work 40 hours and let's yeah. get some overtime and i'm like i got a new apartment but the apartment is now 3k and they need like multiple months of rent she saved all that money mm -hmm. and now she bought a car 500 car payment the rent is too expensive you know and none of that stuff had to be, you know, so she could have mm -hmm. lived as a roommate. She could have not bought a new car because she's downtown, you know, and I'm like, you basically just made your life with bad decisions 10 times worse than it was before. Yeah. And like, if you would have been smart and, you know, and just like being flexible, you know, the more flexible you are right now and do smart decisions, like get a used car, don't make car payments, no matter what, ride an Uber, you can ride mm -hmm. an Uber 30 times a month and it will be still cheaper than the car payment with insurance and whatever. And you get yeah. from A to B or do the bike. The more flexible you are right now, the more money you will save. And that money mm -hmm. will like compound 10 times versus like you're living comfortable because like mm -hmm. the, the gap that this will create is like tremendous. And it's like it's very unsexy, you know, doing the meal prep. But if you do versus going out eating, you will mm -hmm. have so much more money to invest in like cheap stuff that is undervalued because like the deals that I get on cameras completely undervalued and i'm just like what is going on people don't see what's going on and they're just like oh yeah they have the good times mentality but if you have a tough times mentality your deals get amplified by like a lot what is crazy
Well, and another reason why you should have money saved away, right? Because if you're if you're credit high, cash cash poor, you can't buy the used stuff a lot of time because people want cash. They're not they're, people aren't going to take a credit card when you go buy their used camera from them. So yeah. so so another reason of like have an account with five thousand dollars sitting in it. So when you have a deal walk across your path, because as you know, that's the best deals is they 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 just pop up and you have to grab them then. You have like no time like you're like oh my god it's like a canon r5 for like 150 bucks because they don't know what the heck they're selling like this is gonna go yeah. the next hour like I, I need to have the money right now not yet not tomorrow so what yeah. so trade I, you know that's yeah. also like a thing like i i hate like i don't want to bash like you know because like you're obviously right there is a depression going on and it's tough times right now but if you're prepared for it it's it's easy sailing because the majority of people they are like kind of blinded by social media and expectations and mm -hmm. they don't know they you know you could get an iphone that is a 10 you know iphone 10 and you could replace your laptop you can replace mm -hmm. everything with it even cameras you know you don't yeah. even need a professional camera you need so much less you know to get the same work done mm -hmm. but people don't do that they're just like we're highly inefficient right now like i have five cameras there's mm -hmm. people in africa having one camera and they're doing more content than i am and it's literally like that and i'm just like oh yeah if you just like can wrap your mind around like the efficiency and how inefficient we are mm -hmm. and you find those like those differences and you save it and you actually make those differences worth it you mm -hmm. make so much money but obviously it's easier said than done you know yeah, nobody wants to bike into work <laughs> when you could have a car payment for five hundred dollars yeah. and you ride a really nice one. And everybody thinks you're rich or you're not. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like. Oof. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the only th other thing I would add to that is, um, and it's maybe a good thing to chat GPT yourself, uh, people out there is. There's lots of things in the community that are designed to help you. You know, yeah, you're, you got food bank, you got things like that. You have food stamps, yeah. you have things like that. But um, but there's grants. Like I've always talked about on here, like, you know, look into the creative grants. You'd be surprised, like, what's available in your state, yeah. um, even locally, um, especially if you lived in a, in a, in a impoverished area. Um, there's, you'd be surprised there's sometimes federal creative grants that will help you in small business grants. Um, for example, if you're in Colorado, you know, OEdit, which is kind of the economic development um, department of Colorado, you know, they'll, they'll pay businesses, you know, $1,500 to, to create a website, for example. So if you're out there and you need a website in Colorado, you may be able to get a grant for $1,500 so you can hire someone like me to get a good website. And so, you know, it's, it's just knowing these things. And so you got to be a little bit creative, right? I think it, it comes back to that too. use the creativity, even for your own survival. I, I that's what, yeah, that's definitely. how I've kept going is I've had to be creative. Like you, you, you had to be creative. Like, yeah, well, why don't I sell gear? Why don't I do this kind of thing to yeah. help stuff? You know, and, and even your, you, 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 we haven't talked about them in a long time, but your lens stands, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> while that doesn't like necessarily you still get 20 bucks here 30 bucks 40 bucks you get you know which helps money just sliding in under the door for doing very little effort that's great that's which so we yeah. you know we all need to do that my paintings it's the same thing i wanted that so so when I, yeah i'm gonna pay money for this camera but it's it's only because it's an investment i'm it's it's worth it to me because like then if i sell all i have to i think all i have to do is sell four prints and i pay camera so yeah so here's the thing, though, like on that note, like I, I know a buddy, one of my new friends, he's like working in IT. He's buying the newest iPhone. He was buying the newest camera. Then he flips it and buys the newest next whatever, you mm -hmm. know, and he has that $1,600 3D print, you know, and I have a 3D printer that's 200 bucks and paid itself like seven times, eight times mm -hmm. its price, you know, and I'm like, I wish I could upgrade, but I'm too cheap for it. And I really like the idea of like, I have a $200 printer, you know, selling things for $20, $30 yeah. or $60 sometimes. But he's not selling anything, but he's buying the newest, newest thing, you know? Yeah, because a lot of that's where it's like, <sighs> yeah, it's just all in your mind. It's like, I have something new, so it's better and I feel better about it. Where it's like, you know, so this MacBook Pro that right now we've made this podcast on. How many podcasts have I made on this? How much value have this podcast been? And just let's say I just use this MacBook Pro right now just for this. It's already paid for itself. And I got this used too. I got it like it was like three years old when I bought it. So it's like, yeah. I have that same that's good thought. bang for the buck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I look at that that way, too, you know, that like, you know, when I bought my Apple Studio, which was the first first brand new Apple I ever bought because you had to get it built, you know, um, you know, I it, that was my, my, my first time doing that. And, you know, but for me, it's like those things are, are investments, just like the camera for my my paintings. It's an investment. So I'd also tell people that, too, um, don't cling on to your money to 
if if it means that this thing could lead to more money like you know you do have to be a little risky in your investments right like you like you know that where you you have yeah. to put in a thousand dollars on a camera but you then have to tell yourself i'm gonna make that money back it's only gonna take one maybe two shoots and that's it's already paid for itself and so as long as you think that yeah. way it's it's not so bad think of things not as cost but as, as investments yeah so the biggest thing that i learned when i came to the us is basically like um how to value things and like when i came to the us you know and like we we drive different cars here there's different bike models you know and we all know the name brand and we assume values to those brands but mm -hmm. after you realize like they all just like a cheap chinese alu frame that is the same one with a different sticker on it and there's just a company putting mm -hmm. a sticker on it that changes everything so we mm -hmm. the value is not the value that you think it is so it's usually like I price things completely differently of the basically the functionality and the the, the whatever-ish value. And brands don't matter in a way. It's just like what you do with it. Like for example, you can buy a bike for fifty dollars and you can drive to work ten times or fifty times or half a year, mm -hmm. and this bike will make you like several hundred dollars because you save on gas, insurance, all that stuff. And should you value that price? Um, if you sell this bike for 50 bucks, hell no, it's worth $200 at least, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, you can value things completely different and see them completely different. And you have to be aware of like, we all have our goggles on and you have to question them. Is this thing really worth that price? And do I really need this? Because we don't question ourselves. We think we need and deserve certain things, but we actually don't. And like, I was like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing weddings and everything. And I'm like, um, doing podcasts, you know, the, the, the tripods that you saw, mm -hmm. <laughs> $20 tripods, you know, plastic, you know, we are other videographers like, oh yeah, I have a $300 tripod, you know, all that thing does is like holding a camera up, you know, now I upgraded my tripods for 50 bucks and they're pretty nice now, yeah. but I, I saved so much money, you know, and that's like wasted money that other people would spend because they think they needed to be professional, but do they really need that? Hell no. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Um, especially if, yeah, it's a bandage for doing work, uh, you know. Your your work is going to show no matter what it is. I mean, you could yeah. you could have a crappy camera, a great camera, but if, if you haven't put in the work, it's going to show. And so I think a lot of people do that too. They're like, I, I'm going to be a professional videographer, so if I buy a $3,000, $4,000 Sony, I'm now a videographer. No, that doesn't, no. You, you've got, you, you need to take videos. And, and honestly, I... How I God I designed I designed for three years throughout school before I even had my first Apple. Was just yeah. sitting in I was sitting in the you know the computer lab in high school and borrowing people's stuff in college and and having to stay all night at the college the first year because I didn't have my own Apple because you know you sometimes it's good to grind it out and it's good when you grind it out because because guess what I've never lost one of my laptops I've never broken them I've I treat these things like my babies because I remember yeah. a time without it you know. But, but I think like this is like one of those things where you also can pick outside of the box, you know, you can connect a keyboard and a mouse to your um, iPhone and Android, and you can have a desktop environment on them. People don't really know about it, but if you're poor, you know about it, and you can probably code on that. You don't even need a Mac. Or old tablets, quite yeah. honest. Yeah. It's like I see people now like on TikTok, you know, this is my Call of Duty setup, and they're having the new iPhone via USB connected to it. And that was like four or five years ago on the Samsung Galaxy S, I don't even know anymore. But I had like a USB connector and could connect my uh, mouse to it. And you have the whole environment available, like that you have a desktop environment, you know, and can stream yeah. to your desktop, um, mm -hmm. uh, to your TV, and you get like a whole desktop thing. You don't need a MacBook, you know. If, if you're willing to go the extra mile, there's opportunities out there. And they will yeah. work just as fine. They're just like less convenient. That's the only yeah. difference. Yeah, be scrappy. Just be scrappy. I mean, we, we yeah. you know, I think some of the best people I've seen have, um, they've been very, very, dis uh, just, just, just very, very good at just like, I'll make it work. I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's, that's what it takes. So, but yeah, it's been a good podcast, man. I think we kind of, you know, we went around a lot of different things, right? There's <laughs> lots of, lots of yeah. AI. We have a, a silent depression, but you know, I think it's all positive in terms of like, you know, it's, we can still survive in all this, right? Just be scrappy and, and be honest as well. You know, that's yeah. a big thing too, is like get people to trust you. I mean, that's my biggest thing. Even joining these new teams, it's about like getting them to trust 
trust me at every point in it. When they say, can't, oh, can you do that? I'm like, you know what? To be honest, I maybe can't do that, but I can learn that or I can do this or, you know, so so be that trust because we have we have a lot of, everyone's having some weird money thing. Everyone's dealing with the fact yeah. of AI and technology and what does that mean for their career? So so what can you do? Get them to trust you. Get Have your identity. Have them know you as the creative and that they can trust you as the creative. And I think it doesn't matter the tools and it doesn't matter what the economy looks like. You'll, you'll get fed as long as people identify you as someone that they can trust to do something for them. Yeah, I think like the biggest thing is also like do do yourself a favor, audit yourself and see yourself as a business, you know, because like if you run a business and the numbers don't make sense, don't make the deal, you know, does yeah. not make sense. Don't do it because like there's opportunity undervalued, overvalued. And if you don't really look for that or question it, you just buy and do things that you shouldn't do. And it's like the couch mm -hmm. back there free undervalued you know why wouldn't i take it you know we all know that we go on a walk or see something you know, thinking like something is undervalued you know it's like you maybe should take it and flip it because this facebook market there's free stuff out there there's opportunity but it's work mm -hmm. and if you if you determine the value the work that you have to put in and if it's a surplus just do it oh and yeah vice versa, yeah do it not that's yeah, amazingly said. And the only thing I would add to that is advice that you've given even early on in this podcast of don't let good be the enemy of perfect too in the process. You don't have to have the newest thing. You don't have to do the perfect flow. You can do something imperfect now. You can use you can use an old bootleg version of Photoshop and you'll still get all the almost all the way to what a current version of Photoshop would do. So it doesn't have to be perfect. The up the up and up is never perfect. So so yeah, for anyone out there, like it doesn't have to be perfect. But well thanks, man. Thanks everybody. Like and subscribe. Follow us. We got some other cool stuff coming. And oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that being said, have a good one, guys. Have a good one. See you guys.